Hello, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Freestyle Way podcast, which today, yet again, I thought I would share the last coffee club session we had this past weekend on April 25th, where we talked about fitness. And now, if you don't know what Carl's Coffee Club is, it's a project that I started last year with the intention of getting to meet people in person, people that I was connecting with online. I wanted to meet them in person. And uh, unfortunately, this was cut short due to the pandemic. But, and but being an eraser, this pandemic has actually been a uh, blessing in disguise, as they say, for Coffee Club, because now more people get to attend and the conversation is being pushed to new levels. So I thought I would share our conversation that we had over the past weekend where I discussed the topic of fitness and I anchored the conversation around a quote that my dad always had present in his car, which was men sana in corpore sano, which the translation from Latin means healthy mind in healthy body. And uh, I also share how this quote influenced me and evolved into what I'm doing today and uh, how it goes beyond the physical fitness of things and has really transcended into the mental, emotional aspect of life and the interpretation or self-expression through our craft. And that's what we talk about today, and uh, it was a great conversation. I loved connecting with the people who were there, and uh, later being able to follow up with uh, emails and questions via direct message on Instagram. So here it is. This is the conversation we had on April 25th over Coffee Club, and if you missed it, no worries, because I have another one scheduled for May 23rd. It's a Saturday, and it's happening at 11 a.m. PST. That is California time, <laughs> so to speak, for me. Anyways, uh, I hope everyone's doing well. I hope you're staying healthy, and I can't wait to talk to you on the next episode. So for now, here is Coffee Club from April 25th. And I'll see you maybe live on the next one. Peace. So what is on my mind or has been on my mind a lot has been... um, the physical practice and the physical practice that I've had specifically, as some of you guys know, has been around gymnastics. That's what I, I grew up doing and uh, I, I loved it, but I didn't, I didn't love it at first. It's something that I fell in love with and uh, some of you guys know this. Um, but I'll, I'll reshare the story here a little bit because I think it's, it's relevant. But um, I, when I was a kid, I was I was a very scared kid. Everything uh, freaked me out. Loud noises, um, people, new ideas, new places. Everything just felt scary to me. And um, thankfully, I had an amazing family and a very um, compassionate and strong mother who was able to hold space for me and allow me to behave in whatever way I had to behave to express myself and to be able to process what was happening inside of me. And it was around the age of five when I got into gymnastics. And I remember my first day stepping into the the gym and how when I stepped into the gym, <laughs> my first my first experience was the nasty smell of the mats. They just smell like dirty sweat and dust and chalk and just old moldy foam. But within that nasty smell, there was something on the other side that was very beautiful. And it was uh, the freedom that gymnastics and this practice, uh, gave me. And I remember that being the first time in my life that I was able to see past something that my first impression of it was of almost disgust. 
dislike, uh, discomfort. And I've been thinking about that a lot, how we tend to judge a book by its cover. And although we have all these beautiful quotes and we say all these meaningful things, our behaviors are not in alignment with that. And I'm so thankful that as a kid, I was able to, one, experience emotions at such a elevated level. And at the same time, I'm so thankful that I was able to express those emotions maybe in uh, not so pleasant ways, uh, saying awful things to my family, uh, being very violent. I mean, I would throw things. One time I got a haircut that I didn't like and I took a shoe and I threw it at a glass door that was over a uh, hundred years old that couldn't be replaced. I mean, I did things that <laughs> just a little bit out of control. I punched my brother in the face, uh, my older brother really hard. And I remember uh, not getting in trouble. My, my older sister uh, took me for a walk and took me out on a hike and uh, told me that she loved me. And I'm so thankful I had that to be able to process uh, the experience of getting into gymnastics, something that was so uh, nasty at first and so uncomfortable and dirty. And how through gymnastics, I was able to explore um, courage. And someone who's here, Kay Liebeck, uh, you may see her in the, in the chat. Hello, Kay. Hi. Uh, she's talked a lot about courage, and she works with with uh, children. Uh, she's worked as a teacher. She's written a book. If you haven't uh, checked her work out, I highly recommend that you do that. Uh, but she talks about courage, and through gymnastics, I was able to develop this courage. And I, I don't remember exactly how this happened, but my mom has told me this story, which is the first ever gymnastics meet I attended or went to and how my mom was so worried that this little kid who was scared of everything wasn't going to be able to overcome this or get through this and when she saw me step onto the floor the day of the competition she saw a kid that she had never seen before and all of a sudden her own child this person that she had been a part of making, creating, and that she had nurtured up until that point, all of a sudden wasn't who she thought it was. And that was a big deal. And that story has stuck with me. And I've always wondered what other floors, what other competition environments do we enter? What other um, rooms or practices or methods do we do we enter that transform us, that allow us to express courage at the highest level in ways where we are almost unrecognizable? And that has also led me to think about uh, the late nights of training and gymnastics and how in my practice in gymnastics, I would uh, start practice at 5.30 p.m. after school, and I would go until 10 p.m. And at 10 p.m., my parents would pick me up until the age of 14. At the age of 14, they they invested in a little uh, 50cc scooter, and I would I would ride that scooter back and forth so, so they didn't have to pick me up. But they would come pick me up at 10 p.m., and I remember being exhausted after training and just so thirsty, so hungry just so beat up and sitting in in my my parents car and um my dad in every single car that he owned he glued this little uh metal plaque that had a quote on it in latin which uh, said mens sana in corpore sano which you probably heard before which simply means uh healthy mind in healthy body and that quote has always been with me. And although I, at the age of 14 or 13 or 12, I wasn't able to rationalize what it meant, there was some kind of significance, some kind of relationship that I had with that quote. And 
that quote has stuck with me throughout the years, and it's transformed. And I would like to share a little bit of that transformation uh, today in this talk. But before we do that, I would love to uh, say cheers and welcome. Uh, cups up if you have one, or paintbrushes up if you're Nate and you can hear. <laughs> uh, if anyone has the capacity to take a great screenshot of this, a gallery screenshot, please do and, and send it to me later. Cheers, everybody. Thank you for being here. You guys are awesome. And uh, I, I just appreciate every single one of you guys. Thank you for being here. Cheers. So yeah, proceeding into the transformation of mensana in corpore sano, which is in Latin, uh, one of my first interactions with the language, uh, the Latin language, was in, uh, in school. I went to a Catholic school, very religious school. Uh, I'm not a very religious person or not a religious person at all, uh, but I am a spiritual person, so to speak. And I remember that in uh, grade six, you start taking lessons in Latin. I, I used to think to myself, why, why do we need to learn Latin? This doesn't make any sense. And I remember uh, learning a song in Latin that I will not sing here. <laughs> maybe one day, maybe I have to drink something else to sing the, the song. Um, <laughs> but I remember singing the song for my, my grandfather. And when I sang in Latin, very poor singing, by the way. But when I sang in Latin, he was so impressed and I wondered, why is he so impressed with uh, me speaking this language that is, in my mind, dead? And it was, this is something I realized later, of course, it was because for him, as someone who had practiced law and had become a pretty high-level judge in, in the country of Sweden— and had uh, done a lot of research in his life and uh, was very uh, literate, uh, he appreciated the, the roots and the history that existed in the Latin language. And I started thinking to myself, oh yeah, words have power. Words have transcended. The language that we're currently speaking, this code, comes from a place that uh, we can only imagine what it was like. We can read about it, we can uh, study it, we can talk about it, but we can only imagine it through the words that are expressed themselves. So the expression, the verbal expression, that form of communication was important, and the root, the origin of that communication was even more valuable. And that's what my grandpa was really expressing in his uh, kind of... Uh, uh, excitement around me being able to uh, recite something in a language that uh, I didn't understand. And that has carried with me, and specifically around the the quote that I shared with you, men sana incorpore sano, men sana incorpore sano. What does this mean? Okay, healthy mind in a healthy body. And this, when, when I graduated from uh, college, which I studied environmental science, and I specialized in, in marine biology, and I, I came to the U.S. To, to pursue this career, I thought to myself, how does this fit in now? Well, I thought it was going to fit in in my research and uh, other aspects, but I didn't realize that it was going to come from behind, and it came in the form of gymnastics again, where all of a sudden I realized that in the field of marine biology, uh, there was no money. <laughs> okay, so uh, I was uh, very young, uh, very broke, and I needed a side gig. And the side gig became coaching gymnastics. And through coaching gymnastics, I, I got a chance to coach at this amazing place called Acrosports in San Francisco, where I have uh, met my wife, uh, we met our, our daughter that we ended up fostering and adopting, uh, we are friends with people there that uh, have been now friends for over 15 years and uh, came and attended our wedding, so w we have deep roots there. But one of the things that Acrosports gave me was uh, diversity. It gave me the ability of, of seeing my practice of gymnastics from different perspectives, and it started sending me down the path of the fitness industry. And as I was entering the fitness industry, I became a personal trainer, as some of you guys know. And when I became a personal trainer, I realized that I would eventually have to go into business on my own. So I had to start a company. 
And the day I had to start a company, I had no clue what I was doing, but I knew I needed a name. So I was looking and looking and looking, and at the time, I had a roommate who was uh, studying Japanese. And uh, he started sharing different words in Japanese with me. And one of the words that he shared was naka, N A K A. And uh, I, I said, That sounds good. I don't know what it means. It sounds good.、Uh, give it to me. And I, I started looking into it. And、uh, if there's anyone here, here who speaks Japanese, please correct me if I'm wrong. But It's kind of a complicated word because it's used in a variety of, of ways. But when I started looking at the simple definitions,、uh, it translated into inside, within, amongst. It translated into the center. And it, it, it was something that when I was thinking about it and reading about it, I thought, this is it. This, this is exactly what. I am looking for. I'm looking for something that is inside, something that is amongst us, like we are right now in this group having coffee together or tea or whatever it is that you may be drinking, depending on the time. Something that is within, contained in a methodology, a practice, a house, a room, a gym. And at the same time, the center, the center, a point that is,、uh, it can never be really found because it only exists. In infinity. So I, I found a lot of depth, <laughs> no pun intended, in this name. And I thought, well, every brand needs to have some kind of、uh, subtitle or it has to have a motto or a saying. And I was thinking, yeah, men sana incorpore sano, men sana incorpore. That, that's the quote that I want to have.、Uh, maybe I can incorporate it in some way. And I started thinking, okay, so what would that be in English? Maybe it's something like、uh, strong body,、uh, strong mind, something like that. And I, and I started thinking about it that way, and it sounded good. And, and I, I told my girlfriend at the time, who now is my wife, Tanya, and I said, hey,、uh, I have the name, and I think I know what I want our motto to be. And I said, I want it to be strong body, smart mind. And she's like, Carl, <laughs> that's dumb. <laughs> it, it, it doesn't really speak to me. It's very ordinary. Everybody,、uh, it's so cliche that everybody's just going to look past it. And I thought, well, then what should it be? And she said, it's smart body, strong mind. Smart body, strong mind. Flip the words. And when she flipped the words like that, that's when it hit me. Because I've always thought of my gymnastics practice, my physical practice, as something that was、uh, smart, intellectual, witty. It had humor, it had in- intelligence behind it. And not only mental intelligence, but emotional intelligence, physical intelligence. So I was very empowered when I, I got to hear those words smart body. A body can be smart. Our practice can be smart. And when I started looking into smart, I also learned that smart, and, and this was not something that I was aware of because I grew up in Spain and English is actually my second language. I started looking into the word smart, and smart being something that is clean, and clean something that is dirt or stain free. And I started to think, wait a second. I remember leaving the gym doing gymnastics and being filled with chalk. Very sweaty, very dirty. So, was I smart? And I realized that the cleanliness within smart, when we're talking about the body, is not the physical appearance. It's not the cover of the book. It's not what we see and how we express. It is ultimately how we perceive and how we are internally. And that's where. Strong mind really started to play a powerful role. And I started thinking about what is strength? And at the most practical level, if you I mean, look up the definition of strength, you'll see that、uh, strength is the ability to apply force and resist force. That's one of those things. But I want you to take a second right now and I want you to think about the strongest person you know. And I want you to think about 
what comes up for you when you think about strength? For me, I think about my mom. I think about my dad. I think about everything that they have had to do and had to overcome for me to be here. I think about friends, family. I think about this planet. And I can only imagine what every single one of us has had to do to be here right now. What kind of strength have we had to express in order to be here right now? And I'm very encouraged by the thought of strength when I think about it that way. Because that means that we are all strong. That means that we don't have to try anymore to be stronger. That being said, we will get stronger because inside we have this operating system that is smart. It's naturally smart. It knows better than we do. And this is why lately I've been saying that we are moving away from ideology and we're moving towards biology. Ideology being the belief systems that we have. The stuff that we think is true. We're moving away from that. And it's uh, being showcased right now in many ways. Uh, through the pandemic that we're living through. And you can see that the old ways of doing things are not really working. And when one is trying to make decisions or solve problems solely from a rational perspective, from a practical perspective, we're creating a divide. We're immediately creating two sides. And what's happening is now the divide is breaking up more than ever. And it's because ideologies are being challenged. And what are they being challenged by? Biology. So what's happening is we're moving away from ideology, if you can see me here. And then as we're moving away, we're bending the curve. We're, we're curving. And as we curve within us, closer to us, we're moving towards biology. And why is this? Because biology is coherent. It may not be moral all the time. It may not do things that we like or think are ethical. Nature doesn't act that way. But it is coherent. It does look for balance. It does look to normalize. It does look to evolve. We are in a process of evolution, and for the first time, we're getting to see this. The question is, are we smart enough in our behaviors, in our bodies, in our movement to exhibit a strong mind, to develop a strong mind. And I think we are, but it's going to require us to reflect. It's going to require us to think. It's going to require us to be more subtle in the way that we do things. And the reason I wanted to share the quote, men sana in corpore sana, is because I believe that our body is the bridge between what's happening out here and what's happening in here. And right now, more than ever, I mean, just say I, if you've gone on Facebook and you've seen some post or caption that has kind of annoyed you or bothered you, just say uh, I <laughs> in the chat, <laughs> okay? Cool. K says I. <laughs> I'm going to say I as well. Mo says I, 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 for show. <laughs> yeah, a lot of us. Now, okay, let's, let's, let's confess here. Who here on Facebook or Instagram has seen someone post something that they didn't like and they deleted them or muted them or unfriended them? Say I in the chat. <laughs> Uh, Nate's giving a thumbs up. Campbell says, yeah, I, 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 yeah. All right. Well, I have two. And you know what happened when I did it? <sighs> One part of me was saying, well, uh, you don't have to look at this. Don't look at it. And the other part of me was saying, well, why not? Why not try to uh, sit with what they're saying? Why not try to see what they're trying to communicate? How can I maybe engage with them in a way that maybe I can learn something or they can learn something? And I know right now, um, Jim just pointed something out, is that we, we're, we're 
we're messing here with censorship. And we're uh, very close to our conversation around freedoms of speech. This is a, a very delicate topic. And what's also happening is that mainstream media, the way that things are presented, unfortunately can't be trusted anymore. Our trust is being broken and compromised. So more than ever, we're having to exercise extreme trust in our intuition we're having to be extremely smart in the way that we express ourselves. We're having to be extremely strong in the way that we are thinking. And it goes beyond what we're thinking and it goes to how we are thinking. And now more than ever, we need to look at things not through the lens of ideology, but rather through the lens of biology. Biology being the study of life. What has the history of life shown us? What it's shown us is that ideologies, since the time they existed, have been broken, have been skewed, have been changed, have been altered for different reasons. And all of those reasons have been uh, because there was a need that had to get met. Whether it was a positive outcome or not. There was always a need behind it. So are we able to see what needs exist behind our actions, the way that we're thinking, and the way that we express ourselves in the world? If we are, we will be trending towards fitness. And that's why I share men's sana in corpore sano and the importance of right now leaning into naka, which is inside, within, amongst and also being mindful of that little saying that is smart body, strong mind. How do I practice in a way that I develop smarts? And how do I develop strength mentally and emotionally? Now, here's something interesting, and I, I've shared this before, but I'm going to repeat it here for those who haven't been around. When I think about fitness, I think about the following. I don't think about uh, the CrossFit definition of increased work capacity across broad time mold domains. I don't think about that. I don't think necessarily about the biological definition of fitness, which, which is the, the ability to pass on our genetic code, our genes, to reproduce. I think about fitness as two things. NESS, N-E-S-S, that suffix stands for a state or a quality. So I think about what state or quality am I currently in? What state of our quality do I come from? What state of, or quality am I trending towards? I think about it in a movement perspective from the, the, the side of state of being. And fitness, if you look at the practical definition of fitness, fitness is the ability to be able to meet a purpose. So in, a, in, in other words, fitness is the state or quality required to meet a purpose. The question is, what purpose? What purpose are we trying to meet? Well, that's what we have to study. We have to study what our own purpose is. We have to identify that. And at the same time, we need to become mindful of what is biology's purpose. This is why we need to become students of life. And this is why we have Coffee Club. This is why I am here and I believe you are here because something that I've said or done has resonated with you or you simply saw it and you decided, you know what, I'm just going to show up here and see what happens. I don't know. I'm just going to go with it. So all this being said, to get into the conversation, I want to hear from you guys is, uh, what is fitness to you? What is your purpose? And what do you think the purpose of all of this is? Can I jump in, Carl? Or Please. Is that all right? Please do. Um, I know for me, I was a collegiate athlete and then competed at the CrossFit Games. And for a long time, I thought that fitness or training or competition was about winning. Um, but after really thinking about it i mean for years and years i'm 37 at this point um fitness for me is about learning and exploring um and i think it's very similar to what you're saying is i've had some different purposes throughout the years but it's really just been a learning experience for me and 
particularly after I competed at the games, I, I just stopped, you know, for, for two or three months. And it had nothing to do with being beat up. It had everything to do with when I walked off of the field, I said, okay, you know, that's done. And now kind of what's next. And so for me, I've always kind of been somebody who uses fitness to, you know, one of our statements at OPEX is, you know, live a larger life through fitness. Um, and that's always resonated really, really deeply with me um, and to this day. And I think that I'll probably try to explore things through fitness forever. And when I got away from the competitive side, that's when I found a lot more enjoyment in the day to day. Yeah, it, it, I, I hear you loud and clear. And I, and I love, love the idea of learning. If you, if you think about learning, uh, and we talk about it from a Latin perspective, um, in Spanish is uh, to, to learn is educarse. Uh, in Latin is educare, which means to pull out. To pull out from within. Teaching is not putting in. It's pulling out. We're pulling information out, meaning we have this information inside of us. And that's why this is something I say that at, at every single seminar that I've taught is that everything that I'm going to say today, you have heard before or you know already. You may simply not be aware that you know it. And what it's going to feel like is like this. I'm going to say something and you're going to be like, oh, yeah, I knew that. And then I'm going to say something else and you're going to say, oh, yeah, I knew that. I had simply not heard it in that way before. And then I'm going to say something else and you're going to say, I think I knew that. I maybe forgot and now you just reminded me. And then I may say something else and you'll be like, that is something I did not know or at least I believed I didn't know. But it, it sounds so obvious when you're saying it that I must have known it. In that moment, you arrive at a place where you start to say, tell me more about what I already know. That's the moment you enter a state of infinite practice. That's the moment of naka. That's the moment of inside. And I think that's a beautiful thing to, to uh, express because anyone who is a teacher anyone who's a communicator, anyone who has uh, been a coach or it has been coached knows that uh, a teacher, a coach, an instructor can't really tell anyone <laughs> or any human being for that matter, uh, can't tell anyone what to do or how to do it, can only guide, can only assist, the, the moment we think we're helping, the moment we think we're actually teaching in the way of putting in, that's the moment um, we lost. That's the moment we got lost. But if we can see ourselves as uh, fishing, we're, we're, we're fishing for information. We're asking the right questions. We are processing information that's allowing you, the student, to crystallize that then I believe that uh, we're, we're doing the right thing. And I think that is the anchor of fitness. Uh, does that resonate with you, Jim? Yeah, I was, I was thinking about um, the connection between sort of thinking about something and then taking the time that it requires to condition it. And fitness to me has been something where you know, I've had different purposes, but that's been the vessel that has allowed me to get there. And what it's helped me do as well is it's helped me refine what I think purpose is. Um, because if I'm unwilling to condition myself on a daily basis or build habits, that that's telling me that I'm that I'm prioritizing that purpose less than maybe I had in my brain, or maybe I got it injected, you know, somehow by somebody else. But um, when I'm really consistent in truly enjoying fitness that's when i know that i'm pursuing things that that matter to me mm -hmm. um and that's that's always been there for me from the time i can eight years old but also too it's important for people to know that my top value in life is growth mm -hmm. so fitness for me is merely you know a vessel for that yeah 
I'm, I'm with you on that. And there's two things that are coming up for me as you're saying, saying this is number one, I think language is also evolving as we are evolving and fitness, the way that we've used fitness up until now, I believe is changing or needs to be specified a little bit more. So for example, if we're talking about fitness that is physical, we should actually say physical fitness. Uh, right now in the U.S., we, we, we have uh, elections coming up in November. And uh, around the debates, they will always be questioning whether the person running for office is fit to be president. The same way one is fit to be president, the question can be uh, applied to anything else. Are you fit to have this job position? Are you fit to be a runner? Are you fit to be a CrossFitter? Are you fit to uh, be a father, a, a mother, a, a daughter, a son? Are you fit to be a citizen of your country, of your city, of your community, this planet? And I think fitness that way has to has to change. That's that's one aspect. The the language. Of things, and then the other side of things is, is the way that we do things, the the methodology, the technique, the expression of it. For example, for me, when I did gymnastics, gymnastics in many ways saved me. But at the same time, it limited me because I remember in 1997 I went to compete at the national championships. I had trained really hard all year, and I arrived at the day of the competition, and I had all these injuries. I had elbow injuries, wrist injuries, ankle injuries, and I only competed in two events out of six. And I thought, why? For what all this effort to arrive here and just do this? This doesn't make any sense. I, I just could not uh, comprehend why gymnastics was limiting me at the same time as propelling me. I, I couldn't understand that. But I did get a better grasp of it the moment I transitioned into action sports, where the first day uh, I did a backflip on a board, uh, like on a wakeboard behind a boat. I remember doing a very crappy backflip. But when I landed it, everybody in the boat cheered me on and thought I was the greatest athlete of all time. And I thought to myself, how is it possible that a crappy performance is eliciting such joy, not just in the people in the boat, but in me too? That was so exciting, so cool. And I realized a method, a practice, fitness is only temporary. At the same time, fitness doesn't have a deadline. There is no end. It's an ongoing process. And thus, growth is simply process. But it's not growth uh, that is measured in numbers. It's measured by feel. It's measured by um, understanding. Understanding being knowledge in context, expressed in a way that makes sense, that contributes, that is positive. And the way that one does that, and this is what is so exciting for me, is that when I think about fitness as the state or quality required for meeting a purpose, it means that I can only exercise fitness, pun intended here, through purpose. I can only do that by looking at it through purpose. I can only exercise that through purpose. An example of this is... Right now for me, in my physical practice, I have chosen to focus only on handstands. I'm doing handstands, and this is going to make uh, my friend Nate here happy, and running. So I'm only doing, doing those two things, handstands and running, handstands and running. That's it, okay? Very basic forms of exercise, very basic forms of exercise uh, from a fitness perspective, but very powerful and have two uh, opposite ends to it. One, static. The other one, motion. One, subtle. The other one, dynamic. That contrast through my purpose of wanting to uh, be a fitter human being, a fitter husband, a fitter son, a fitter citizen, is allowing me to access the contrast needed to measure growth accordingly. And I think that is, is something that I'm very excited about because we're talking about uh, the fitness of self, the fitness of our being, 
the fitness of our expression. Yeah, does that resonate with you guys here? Uh, I think Nate has something to maybe want to say. Yeah, I, I think what's interesting is, uh, like, especially when we start competing, we start, like, following the rules of uh, the game, whatever game that is we're playing, like, we're, we're inherently, like, just trying to, like, do something that, like, pleases someone else or something else, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but it, 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 it can kind of pull us down this road. And what I've always thought is interesting, especially, like, the early, <laughs> the early days of CrossFit, like, someone made that shit up. Right. It's like 100% arbitrary, like the, the repetitions, the weights to a certain degree. And I always think back to like triathlon um, in, in the early days, because it, it started as a sport in the late seventies, just as like a challenge between friends where there was no external, this is how it has to be. Like the first Ironman in Hawaii was done by a bunch of friends in like 1978. And they, they, they combined three events that already existed. There was this rough water swim that happened to be 2.4 miles. So that's where I came from. There happened to be this round the island bike race that was 112 miles. They did that route and then they did the marathon. In the beginning, there's just so much freedom and exploration because no one, there's no expectation on how to do it or what it was supposed to be. So someone's like, I'm gonna eat a bunch of bananas and like hop on my <laughs> left foot. <laughs> I'm going to swim a bunch and carry rocks in the bottom of the ocean, like whatever. But then like you get to the second, third and fourth generation and you're like, this is how it has to be. And, and all of a sudden, a lot of that exploration sort of goes away. And, you know, being at the, the early stages of, of CrossFit, you know, you could kind of see that initial exploration. But now when, you know, when I still coach CrossFit classes, it's like double unders and kettlebell swings and cleans. Like it, a lot of that exploration has, has gone away. And I think it's like, what happens when we use uh, competition to drive some level of fitness, to bring people together, and then where does it all of a sudden become this like very limiting thing? We're not even aware of what's happening. It's like, shit, I've just been pursuing this thing now really to please someone or something else versus doing things that aren't necessarily, and I, I think a lot of people here on this call are, you know, pursuing the edges of things a little bit yeah who uh, who else wants to go on a rant i'll, I'll pass the mic <laughs> i'm happy to do that because whatever you said it makes so much sense to me especially being a competitive athlete um i always had that expectation on myself to always be the best but as soon as i started to asking myself for what um it helped me to not have so much expectation on myself and it helps me to want to take care of my health more and be okay with not competing and yeah meanwhile uh if you're still here yeah alex you're here yes yes i'm yeah. here yeah tell tell us what what, what were you thinking and, and uh, gonna say earlier uh earlier what i was uh, going to say it's more in the perspective of, of my work no, I, I work with music. It's like all these rules and everything. Uh, sometimes, like, keep people or the industry going through a path. And it's like like what's happening now, that something comes and strikes and change, breaks all the, that rules. And the feeling you have when, when you are in that motion, just stepping outside of that path, uh, and creating something new it's it's just amazing and it gives a lot of sense on on what your purpose really is and that applies i think with fitness and with everything in life you know and that's mainly what i was trying to say it's like when they try to do the the, the iron man like nate said said before it's like changing what's what's going on mm -hmm. yeah that's and a great what, great point what you just said recently it's uh, once that change have been made uh then there are new rules that apply mm -hmm. that's that's also beautiful of it yeah 
Very much so. You know, one of the beautiful things about music, I believe, is that you can look at music from a math perspective, right? It's like, oh, here are the counts. Here's the tempo. Here's here's what we're doing. Here's the structure of a song. Um, and then you can actually relate uh, uh, the beauty that can be produced through that structure into what you just said, which is a feeling. And someone, when I went to teach a seminar in Ecuador, I remember going into a class, it, which was happening in, in an indoor-outdoor space, and there were at least 80 people going really hard and playing heavy metal at the time. And just, it, it looked like utter chaos. And I remember the coach uh, there at the gym, this was at CrossFit Guayaquil, and his name was Carlos Andrade. Uh, he's, a, he's a pretty prominent figure in the in the Latin American CrossFit scene. He said, Carl, when, when I'm coaching and I have 90 people like this, I know that I'm here to serve people and I can't control anyone. But what I do have control over is what I'm looking for. And what I'm looking for when I'm looking at these 80 people is I'm looking for classical music. And he said, when, when heavy metal is playing, I look for classical. If classical is playing, I'm looking for heavy metal. In other words, what he was saying was that he sees movement as music and that in order for him to see what he needs to see, he needs contrast. So in everything that we're talking about here and talking about fitness and standards and growth and learning and uh becoming more fit in whatever aspect of life we can is where can we find the contrast that allows us to uh, sharpen the lens of our purpose. And uh, I think that's a difficult thing to do, but I, I, I thought I would um, end today with that because I think we can work with it. There, there's something to, to do with that if we start to uh, mull over it a little bit. So think about how you can use contrast to sharpen the lens of your purpose, which is how you're looking at your practice, to become fitter. Does anyone have any questions or anything they would like to share? I know we've uh, we've been going now for an, for an hour. It's it's uh, twelve p.m. here almost uh, Pacific Standard Time. So I wanna I wanna make sure that we keep it official. But uh, I'm I'm not going anywhere until uh, you guys are ready. So uh, please ask any questions or if you have a comment, uh, feel free to just turn on your mic and uh, yeah, roll with it. Hi, Carl. I have a question. Uh... I was wondering about the competition that you talked about, and you said you had injuries. Um, was it physical injuries, or was it your mind that was playing with you, and you got pain out of fear for the competition? Yeah, it was probably both. Uh, at that time, for me, they were just physical injuries from uh, what we would consider over over training, uh, and uh, it's simply that I didn't have a practice that was uh, in alignment or uh, in sync with how my body needed to be stressed or needed to be under tension, so to speak. I think someone mentioned that, I think it was Campbell, mentioned that uh, yeah, evolution or adaptation occurs under tension. Very true. I mean, you put uh, people in a very small space, they're going to start competing for space. Yeah. So I think it was both. Yeah, I mean, like you could also have struggled to get to certain extension or uh, mon uh, maneuvers with your body if you are under um, emotional blockage. Yeah, uh, for sure. And at the time, at that time, there was a lot of dissonance because I wanted to make it to the Olympics, uh, but every result that I was achieving in competition was saying that I was too far away. And in the meantime, at school, uh, they were saying that I needed to get really good grades to be able to have a career in my life. So I was very confused as to, well, is my career gymnastics uh, or is it, do I have to go to school? And so at that time, at the age of 17, it was very uh, confusing. Yeah. So there was probably both of those things for sure. Yeah. 
can imagine. Yeah, Thanks for the great question. Thank you for being here. I appreciate it. Thank you for being here, everybody. It, seriously, you you guys are awesome. I I appreciate you all taking taking the chance to just uh, come and join me and uh, do this with me. It means a lot. Um, something that I I thought I would share is that. Um, I'll be hosting a lifestyle design session, which is dedicated to uh, actually identifying purpose. And I know JLo, you, you've been through it. Kay, you've been through it. Uh, we've done a lot of work around it. And I'm hosting three of these sessions on May 2nd, uh, I think the 7th and the 15th. <laughs> I, sh- I should know this. But if you, if you go over to Instagram, you can, you can find the, the link there in my bio. Uh, there is a, a small fee associated, but it's a... It's a it's kind of like the price of uh, four coffees in San Francisco. <laughs> um, anyways, uh, in addition to that, if there's anything that I can currently do to support any of you here, uh, let me know. One of the things that I've been doing is I've been uh, I've been giving a lot of talks to to gyms and different communities, or uh, working with some of their their youth, and it's been a pleasure uh, for me to do that. And uh, during this time. Uh, yeah, feel free to reach out if there's anything I can do. Um, I'm I'm always I'm always open. So that's what I'm trying to do to contribute. And uh, in addition to that, yeah, just think about some of the stuff that we we talked about here. If you have any suggestions on how we can make Coffee Club better uh, or something that we're missing, uh, something that I'm not touching on. Uh, I would love to. I would love to hear. Uh, I appreciate you all and uh, open for for feedback. So yeah, that kind of concludes uh, our little coffee club today. Uh, if you have any final words and you want to leave them in the chat, feel free. I, I see a lot of thank yous. You you guys, thank you for for making this happen. Thank you for the good conversation. And uh, yeah, I'll be booking one uh, soon again, probably in like three or four weeks from now. All right. So other than that, uh, thank you very much. You guys rock, and uh, I will see you soon. Bye, everybody.